We are glad to make all of our Jcast Network podcasts free for our listeners. However, they are not free to produce and host. Please consider making a donation to Jcast Network to help support our work by visiting jcastnetwork.org slash donate. Thanks for your support. You are listening to Sermons with Rabbi David Seth Kirchner, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. To have in our midst two leaders of our community who are here in solidarity. First, the Attorney General of the State of New Jersey, Gabir Grewal, who has come with us again in a moment of solidarity. We have seen you, Attorney General. We have seen you at so many moments of both challenge for the Jewish community and in celebration for the Jewish community. You have stood shoulder to shoulder with us. And the fact that you are with us on this Shabbat as we come to not only celebrate a bat mitzvah, a baby naming, a future wedding in which we had, but also to grieve the loss of life, means that we sit, Shevet Achim Gam Yachad, brothers and sisters together. I hope you'll both indulge me to tell a story that happened last night that I have been trembling from ever since. We have a traditionally much smaller crowd on Friday nights, and family came in, and I didn't recognize them. I introduced myself to them, and they said, our name is the Kelly family. We're not Jewish, but we live in Kloster, and we felt that we needed to be here at the synagogue on Shabbat. That alone brought tears to my eyes. At the end of the service, Mrs. Kelly came up to me and she said, Rabbi, my mother is from Eastern Europe, and during the Holocaust, she hid a family called the Rosenberg family. She hid them in her home, jeopardizing her life and the life of all of our family. The Rosenberg family survived, and after the Holocaust, they made their way to America. And the first act they did in America, as soon as they got the littlest of money together, was they paid for and sponsored the Kelly family from Eastern Europe to come to America, because in those days you needed sponsors to come. And they brought them over, and the two became a family. And the woman, who is a doctor here in Kloster, said if it weren't for the Rosenbergs, we never would be in this country, I wouldn't be a doctor today. And if it weren't for the Kellys, the Rosenbergs never would have been here. And what she said to me that caused a chill to go up my spine was, the Rosenbergs and the Kellys might have different religions, but we have the same God, and we have the same core beliefs, and your presence today Mr. Attorney General, underlines that very value, and we are so indebted to you for being here. <laughs> Governor, this is our, uh, our second time uh, together in about 10 days. It was a lot more fun last time. We were in Israel together putting notes and prayers at the Western Wall. We were going through the tunnels. We planted a tree together in Israel, along with Linda Scherzer, who is here with us celebrating her daughter's bat mitzvah. And we know how full your plate is. You have been busy talking about your trip, which was based on the economy for New Jersey, between both Germany and Israel, and the the state of New Jersey. We know that you have been making a sweep of this state, offering consolation and hope in the wake of this unspeakable tragedy in Pittsburgh. And we also know that it's election day on Tuesday and that you have been campaigning furiously on behalf of your party. 
Today, we're gonna give you reprieve from the campaign speeches because today we are all one. We are not Democrat, Republican, or Independent. We are all part of humanity and God's good world. And today we're here to hear about your trip and to talk about hope in the face of despair. I know I speak on behalf of every member of our community and I think every member of this glorious state of New Jersey. When we thank you, Governor, and your wife, Tammy, for your support of our people, not only in times of despair, but in times of triumph and celebration. The fact that you are here with us today in solidarity speaks volumes about your commitment to all humanity. The fact that I was blessed to celebrate a Seder at your home in Drumthwacket, and just weeks later, celebrated Eid al-Fatir for our Muslim brothers and sisters at your home in Drumthwacket speaks about your magnanimity and the love that you have. So it means the world to all of us in this moment of our mourning that you're here. Without further ado, I want to invite you up to the Bima Governor to join us and share some words with us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If Maya's not careful, I might take some of her gifts up here. Keep an eye on me, Maya. Thank you all. I'm humbled to be here today. In particular, I want to thank Rabbi David Seth Kirshner, his wife, Dory, and Associate Rabbi Paul Kerbel and Cantor Israel Singer. I'm honored to be with them and with each of you. Uh, I have to give Linda a shout out to her husband, her three children, including the bat mitzvah, uh, the, the bat mitzvah Maya. Uh, Linda had the inspiration as well to come by today, and I'm honored to be here. And Linda's brother, Mitch, who's an old dear friend, is, uh, is here, Maya's uncle. So uh, I'm among friends. And to each and every one of you, I wish you good morning and Shabbat Shalom. Um, I apologize in advance. I have to speak and leave, so please forgive my rudeness. One week ago, our nation bore witness to hate in the worst act of terror against the Jewish community in the history of our country. While I join you, our greater Jewish community, and the people of Pittsburgh in grief, and in particular, not just Pittsburgh, uh, certainly Pittsburgh, but in particular, the iconic Squirrel Hill neighborhood, which has been the center of that city's Jewish life for 150 years. So while we join in grief, I also join you in our shared resolve to root out the evil of hate and cast it forever from our world. Sadly, this hate is not new. Look at the hate of the pogroms and the purges in Eastern Europe, which brought so many Jewish families to our shores in the 19th century, including my wife Tammy's ancestors. It is the hate which was on full display 80 years ago this coming Thursday, which is the anniversary, 80th anniversary of Kristallnacht. It is the hate which led to the slaughter of millions of innocent people. Many thought we had rid ourselves of this scourge after Adolf Hitler and the Nazis had been defeated, but it has stubbornly refused to be banished to history. I have lived in Germany twice, first in private life and again as the United States Ambassador to the Federal Republic of Germany. I'm a student of its history and I am a, an observer of its present. 
I worked proudly to, with, a, with a great team, I might add, to promote greater understanding in Germany's Jewish community, especially with young Germans, and in particular, those young Germans from immigrant, recently arrived families. I sought then, as I do now, to celebrate the comings together, the common grounds that we can find among us. As such, I had the honor of getting, against all odds, I might add, getting, uh, for getting the city of Berlin to place a plaque where President Ronald Reagan, who sought to find points of common ground between East Germans and West Germans and between the entire West and the U USSR, where he stood and said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. In a quirk of history, not only is Thursday the 80th anniversary of Kristallnacht, it is the 29th anniversary of the fall of the Berlin Wall. Now we see new walls being erected throughout Europe. Even here, hate has visited our communities far too often over the past 18 months, with slurs and symbols spray painted on houses of worship and other buildings, including private homes. Look at just Thursday night at Union Temple in Brooklyn where someone spray painted, die Jew rats. While this is not a day, this is not a moment, it is a day of politics, but this moment is not politics. I cannot help but think of the Jewish family with whom I spoke in Sussex County who are supporters of Congressman Josh Gottheimer who woke up not once but twice to see their property vandalized by anti-Semitic graffiti. So mixed among our grief is also anger and indignance that the lessons of history continue to fall upon deaf ears even in this country. I feel horribly I'm holding this guy up from his ceremony. Is that, is that my... Please forgive me. I hope at some point I can find common ground with him at some point when he grows up. We are reminded yet again that while we are a great nation, we remain an imperfect one. We still have a long way to go to live up to President George, Washington word, George Washington's words to the congregation of Toro Synagogue in Newport, Rhode Island in 1790. By the way, a letter that I've been quoting for years and has now become sort of front page news, Tom Friedman printed it in, in its entirety in his column in the New York Times on Wednesday. I quote President Washington from 1790. May the children of the stock of Abraham who dwell in this land continue to merit and enjoy the goodwill of the other inhabitants while everyone shall sit in safety under his own vine and fig tree and there shall be none to make him afraid. The uncomfortable fact is that anti-Semitism is on the rise. According to the Anti-Defamation League, anti-Semitic incidents rose nearly 60% across our nation in the year 2017, just from 2016. That's a one-year increase. And even here in New Jersey, with our large, deeply rooted, proud Jewish communities, reports of anti-Semitism rose by nearly one-third from 2016 to 2017. This, this is why we cannot allow ourselves to view what happened at the Tree of Life Synagogue as just an isolated incident in a city hours away. 
We cannot allow a gunman who openly and virulently professed hate to be pushed aside as just an outcast. We cannot allow ourselves to lose this moment. We must search deep within ourselves, and yes, within our communities, to root out hate. We cannot allow hate to be normalized. We must speak out, and we must do this together, not as Jews or Christians or Muslims, but as one New Jersey family, all of us of every faith and of every nationality. We will challenge hate by upholding our diversity and inclusivity as our state's great badge of honor. Throughout this year, as the rabbi mentioned, we've had the honor of welcoming communities of faith to Drumthwacket, the governor's mansion for celebrations. He mentioned both the Passover Seder and the Iftar during Ramadan. This coming week, Tammy and I will host our Indian communities for Diwali. We will challenge hate wherever it is spoken, even if by the highest powers in this country. We will prosecute those who commit hate crimes to the fullest extent of the law. And in that regard, I could not be more proud and honored to stand alongside our Attorney General Bergen County Zone, Herbier Graywall. And yes, we will challenge hate by ensuring that no one bent on using an irrational sense of the world to inflict harm and terror on our communities has access to a gun. We already are the strongest gun safety state in America, and we will enforce our laws to the fullest. In fact, on Monday, we announced that we'll work to further strengthen these laws by closing loopholes on gun trafficking and straw purchasing, implementing common sense regulation on the purchase of ammunition, speeding the advent of smart gun technology, and partnering with our communities to combat gun violence. And our, we are, by the way, I, I'm, as you can tell, I've lost a little bit of my voice. Someone said that I sounded like Lauren Bacall, uh, <laughs> which, which uh, I'm a big Lauren Bacall fan, but I reminded the person that she's deceased. But um, I've been out running around campaigning, so I apologize in advance. I don't have the operatic uh, baritone that I normally have. And at the same time, we are reviewing the amount of aid we provide to protect synagogues, federations, and private schools where our young fellow citizens learn and worship to see if we can do more. Again, I thank the Attorney General for his help and support. We're gonna do everything possible to prevent the further destruction of gun violence. As the late Elie Wiesel once observed, and I quote him, a destruction, an annihilation that only man can provoke, only man can prevent. As the rabbi mentioned, Two weeks ago, Tammy and I led a delegation both to Germany and in Israel on what was largely an economic mission. New Jersey and Israel in particular enjoy tight economic bonds which benefit all of our people and which I am committed to strengthening. I know you know this, uh, but New, New Jersey and Israel are so similar. Literally, we're within a few square miles of each other of the same size. They've got, I think, 8.7 million people. We have 9.05 million people. We have the second largest Jewish community per capita in the United States. 
By the way, we have the largest Palestinian community in the United States. We are both, Israel as a nation and New Jersey as a state, our economies both run and were born on the back of innovation. And I think most importantly, attitude. How many times has Israel or New Jersey been counted out only to rise up and say, not yet, we're back. So it was an extraordinary visit. I'm honored the rabbi, Linda, and so many others of faith uh, were with us. A big Metro West uh, contingent was with us, and we had an extraordinary visit. It was our sixth visit to Israel in the past four years, but it was my first official visit as governor. We had many official meetings, including with Prime Minister Netanyahu and others, but no visit to Israel, even one of an economic purpose, can overlook our immense cultural and solemn ties. We had the honor to pray at the Western Wall, where the rabbis also bestowed blessings on Tammy, who lost her father while we were on the trip. He was Jewish, and on the day he died, he called her as we were pivoting from Germany to Israel and said, I'm laying my guns down. I'm, I'm, I can't fight anymore, but I want you to do me a favor. Make sure you finish your trip and go to Israel. Tammy and I, as, again, as Rabbi Kirshner mentioned, we also were honored to plant a tree at Yad Kennedy, and we also had the solemn privilege to lay a wreath at Yad Vashem in memory of the six million European Jews senselessly murdered during the Holocaust. Little did we know that not even four days after we returned, American Jews would be senselessly murdered in their own sanctuary by a man who possessed the same hateful thoughts as those who devised and carried out the Holocaust. What happened last week, a week ago today, reminds us in the most awful terms of the great responsibility we have as Americans, let alone as men and women of faith, to ensure the right of religious liberty upon which our nation rests is never compromised. We've been reminded of this before, it was when six members of Gerbier's faith, the Sikh faith, were murdered at their temple in Wisconsin by a white supremacist. It was when nine African-American parishioners of Emmanuel AME Church in Charleston, South Carolina, otherwise known as Mother Emmanuel, were murdered during the Bible study by an avowed racist. I spoke to these very attacks and divisions at a mosque yesterday in Passaic County. I also sadly spoke with Bishop David, who represents the Coptic Christians, seven of whose members were slaughtered outside of Cairo yesterday. So this is not, the, sadly, the first time we've seen this. Please God, it's the last. Again, I find resolve in that same letter that George Washington wrote nearly 230 years ago. Our nation, he wrote, and again, I quote the president, gives to bigotry no sanction, to persecution no assistance. The America that we know and love comes together in times of crisis and national mourning. All of us, across religions, races, gender, ethnicity, or anything else. Some at this moment in time are tempted to blame and divide us. And there's an election on Tuesday, after all, which only strengthens the desire by some to use fragile moments like these to push us further apart. We must resist this temptation vigorously with all our might. I find myself 
searching at moments like this for leadership examples in our country's history, particularly in other moments when we were being, our society was being ripped apart. I referred to this in a couple of synagogues last weekend, and there's a particular anecdote that gives me great solace. And if you don't know it, I'll give you a 30 seconds thumbnail. It is the story of Senator Robert Kennedy on April 4th, 1968. Kennedy was running for president and he was about to board a plane to go to Indianapolis for a rally in the African-American community there. And he got word before he boarded that Martin Luther King Jr. had been shot. And while he was on the short plane, I think it was from, as I recall, from Chicago, he scribbled some words on the back of a piece of paper. When he landed in Indianapolis, King was dead. The mayor of Indianapolis then was Dick Luger, a Republican who later on went on to serve with great distinction as a United States Senator uh, and stood for a lot of transatlantic ties that we need to stand for again, and particularly, by the way, between Germany and the United States. Luger begged Kennedy not to go. There was enormous security concerns. Kennedy's old team, his own team, told him not to go, and Kennedy overruled them all, and he went. And he sought to find common ground on that awful night. And he said two things, one from his heart, and he, and he quoted a Greek philosopher. And by being there and saying those words, Indianapolis, and you can look this up, was one of the few, if only, big cities in America that night that, that did not riot. He said something for the only time in his life because he was then killed two months and two days later. And I always botched this quote up, so I got it right this morning. And he said again, for the only time in his life, I had a member of my family killed, but he was killed by a white man. Can you imagine that? Obviously referring to his brother, President Kennedy. And then he quoted the Greek poet and philosopher Aeschylus, who said, and again I quote, in our sleep, pain which cannot forget falls drop by drop upon the heart until in our own despair, against our will, comes wisdom through the awful grace of God. And likewise, through the despair we have felt over the past week, will come wisdom and grace from God. It will manifest itself differently within each of us, but it will come. As it is written at the end of the Kaddish, and I quote, may the source of peace send peace to all who mourn and comfort to all who are bereaved. New Jersey's Jewish community is inextricably woven, woven into the fabric of our state. I recommit to you now as the governor, this fabric will never be rendered. May God's peace and comfort give us the strength to go forward all of us, together as one New Jersey family. Rabbi, I thank you again for the honor of being with you this morning. May God bless us all. May God continue to bless the great state of New Jersey, and may God bless the United States of America. Thank you.
Today, you will both become a bar mitzvah. (laughs) You may take your seats just for a moment. The governor, I can't uh, begin to articulate how much it means to all of us that you're here today. I'm actually headed on a plane tomorrow night going to Germany, your former stomping grounds for the 80th commemoration of Kristallnacht. And trust me, it rings truer in my heart today than ever about history repeating itself. I have uh, two small gifts for both of you. Attorney General, this is a book about Jerusalem. And just as I spend time with the governor there, I can't wait till our community goes with you to Jerusalem, to what is a shared history. And on behalf of our community, we thank you always for being by our side and making sure tzedek, tzedek, tirvatov, justice, justice, we shall always pursue. Thank you for your leadership and friendship always. Governor, you've noticed this gorgeous dome that was brought over from Brooklyn, and that's because our synagogue always has our tradition and our history covering over us as we lead our way into the future. This is a kippah that was made in Israel by hand. That is a replica of that dome. We hope that you wear it proudly whenever you're in our synagogue or any synagogue, and that you always think about our connection to our history. Lastly, uh, Governor, on behalf of our congregation, we have a gift that's really uh, for Tammy more than it is for you. Um, We know how special your trip to Israel was, but how just like on Passover, we had to pour out from our cup as you were mourning the loss of your father-in-law who really was a father to you, and he treated you like a son. So we want you to know that our congregation has planted an entire orchard of 100 trees in Israel in memory of your father, Edward Schneider. And we pray, just as trees give life, that the memory of your father always give life to all the New Jerseyites and to all people worldwide, and that he should ever rest in peace. Amen.